Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm excited about today's lesson. You know, uh, we're basing this off of searches we do like on Google. Google's the largest search engine and they have 8.5 billion searches a day on Google. But you know what two of the top searches are on Google? Who am I? What is significance? That's two of the top searches. That's amazing. So I thought, let's do a lesson titled Search for Significance, and let's talk about our self-worth and our significance. And uh, that's what we're going to do today, and I'm going to begin with a Joe story. I'm a little bit ashamed of this one, but I I do these things to help all of us, Um, you know. But this happened in right around 2000, 23 years ago. Uh, this room was new. It was our grand opening. And we did a Sunday night service. The first service in here was a Sunday night. And we wanted pastor friends to be able to come from other churches in the community. We, uh, I had some friends that wanted to fly in uh, to be here. And, and I brought a guest speaker in. And it was an awesome service. I mean, uh, we had standing room only in here. And uh, when it was over, I was in the lobby just greeting people, and then it's thinning out, and a guy walks up to me. Now I almost think he could have been an angel because I never saw him again. But, but he walks up to me, and here's what he says to me. You know, Believer's Church, uh, this isn't the biggest sanctuary in the valley, and you're not the biggest church in the valley. I mean, that's what he said to me the night we opened up our new sanctuary. And I thought, you know, I never said we were, never said a word, never said it was. But on the other hand, it really bugged me to hear that. (laughs) And I was so mad at myself because it bothered me. I'm like, I never expected that to happen. And on a night when I should have went home rejoicing and excited, I went home depressed. Gina's like, what's wrong with you? We're not the biggest church in the valley, honey. (laughs) It shouldn't matter, but it does. But the person told me, they said, oh, no, it's Victory in Coitsville. And and I hadn't heard of them. Later on, Pastor Dave Thomas and I became friends, but I didn't even know who they were. And I don't know why they told it to me, but I went home thinking, I felt like I was the evil queen in Snow White. Mirror, mirror on the wall in the valley. What's the largest church of them all? And it's not believers. It's like, eh. I was really bugged by it. And at that point, I thought, you know, I, I have an issue. I have a problem. It's very severe. And, and I need to fix it because this is not good. And, and I was, again, ashamed that it bothered me, but it also showed me that I had a problem and I, um, I again I think that was an angel because I never saw that man again and I think God wanted me to fix something and those of you listening to my voice um, most probably not pastoring a church so you know we're doing different things maybe you own a business maybe you don't but you know what it doesn't matter guys whatever we do it is so easy to feel no self-worth and not to feel significant, whatever it is. And for me, it was one thing that pastors think about, but for all of us, 
It's, it's always going to be comparing ourselves to someone else, what they're doing, what we're not doing. And so we want to talk about that today. And I have a big idea if you're visiting. It's what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And, and it goes like this. Significance isn't about who you are. It's about whose you are. And I hope when we walk out today, we're all going to see it more clearly than we have ever ever been able to see it. So here's what I know every time I teach the Bible. There are always folks in the room that already know what I'm teaching. Some of them understand it better than I do. So I, I know those folks are always here. And then I know there are folks hearing it for the first time. This is going to be one of the best days of their life. And then I think for all of us, the goal is God take us to the next level, right? Because significant self-worth isn't based on who you are, but it's all about whose you are. And this is what I discovered. This is what set me free. This is what allowed me to have good Sunday afternoons and good Monday mornings, my day off, just understanding it's all about whose I am. And for some of you that are young, man, I think I can help you avoid heartbreak and, and oppression and depression in some, some areas of your life. So uh, I discovered there's three false pillars of self-worth, and we want to talk about those, the three false pillars. So these are false pillars that I was building my life on, and you just need one of them, but I, I was building mine on all three. I mean, I, I, I go big or don't go at all. So um, I put it into a math equation, and it goes like this. Self-worth equals performance, approval, or perfection and I'm interchanging significance and self-worth right using them as the same meaning self-worth equals performance approval and perfection and again I had my self-worth based on all three which means I could have one or two in line and then if the other one went out of whack I felt worth unworthy I felt no significance Whatsoever. So I want to talk about these three, and then I want to show you the foundation we need to build our self-worth on. Um, here's number one, right? My self-worth is based on my performance. How well did I do? How, how good am I doing? And you know what? That has a lot of holes in it. Let me give you a couple. Um, according to Jesus, God has given all of us different talents or abilities, and he gave us what we call the parable of the talents. And the Bible says to one, God gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And I think what's really fascinating in the story is the person that received one, they buried it. You know what happened? They said, I'm not that necessary. That's what happened. They said, you know what? God can do without me, and this world can do without me. So they just went ahead and buried it. I, I mean, think about how many people do that? They think, I'm not even going to try because this world doesn't need me, right? And then the person that received five turned it into ten. The person that received two turned it into four. And, and that means they put some effort in it, but we want to make sure we don't base our self-worth on the effort we put forth, right? But here's the first thing I want us to see. God blesses all of us with different talents, and there's nothing you and I can do to change it. We can we can try our best and grow ourselves, but you're, you're only going to grow so far. Your talent is your talent, right? And so I, I look at some preachers, 
I, I can't even figure out. I've tried to figure out how they grow such big churches. I don't even know. How they, they do so many things wrong. And, and if you look at mistakes and in, in the way they do some things, but it's just like they're a magnet, you know? And then I listen to some preachers and I think, whoa, that guy is so good. That lady is so good at what she does. And I'm not that good. And I think about what I'm doing right now. Do, do you know that in the, into this message, I, I put 20 hours of study into this message? And then if I'm going to come up here and do a decent job, I have to preach it Tuesday morning. I preach it on a clock. I time myself. And it's part of my spiritual routine in the morning. I preach it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Six times. Or I would stand up here and stumble like crazy. And I think... I see some of these young guys and I think, whoa. I listen to Pastor Joe Jr. and I think, there's 20 things he says that I think, that's profound. And I have to write them down. I'm like, I never come up with those things. That's, that's pretty good. And I, Pastor Ryan does the same thing. And then I look at other preachers all around. And I think, wow. But you know what? It doesn't matter, guys. Whatever God gave us, we use it. That's all. That's all that matters. And then I, I think of the sovereignty of God. There's a sovereignty story in the Old Testament that's really amazing. There's a lot there. I can only touch on it briefly. But it has to do with a guy. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. And, and, and he ruled an empire. He ruled the whole known earth. And you know what the prophets of Israel said? God had the prophets of Israel speak this. That God chose him to rule the world. Isn't that crazy? And God chose him to punish his people Israel who turned their back on God. But then Nebuchadnezzar had to answer to God too eventually. But sovereignty is a, an interesting thing, right? And if I base my self-worth on performance, I'm throwing away the very awesome truth that, hey, God gives us all abilities. They're all different, you know? And, 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 and there's the sovereignty of God. There's certain things he chooses some to do that he doesn't choose others. And I just want to do what he's chosen me to do. I want you to do what he's chosen you to do. And there's a scripture in the Bible that really has helped me. It's Ephesians 2.10, the Amplified Bible, uh, classic edition. And it just brings out the original language really well. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, and so this is what happens when you accept Christ. The old you dies, your spirit man, and God recreates a new spirit inside you. And, and it's awesome, guys. But then notice what it goes on to read, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. And the good life isn't a trouble-free life, and we all know that, right? There's no one in here that doesn't know that. The good life is just being in the zone, being, being on the path that God created you to be on. And that's where we feel the greatest purpose and fulfillment. But notice what it's saying. God's planned this out ahead of time, and all I have to do, all you have to do is get onto that path. And you might say, well, what about my effort? Well, someday you'll be rewarded for your effort, but... Uh, I hope by the time we're finished today, we're, we're going to look at rewards uh, at a higher level than we've ever looked at them, and we'll have some fun with rewards. But I, li I like this next scripture. The Apostle Paul's writing, and he says this, 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But whatever I am now, 
It is all because God poured out a special favor on me. And I'm reading a paraphrase, New Living, but it's really accurate to the original. That's why I'm reading it. Not always, but in this verse it is. And, and so he's saying, by the grace of God, I'm an apostle. And by the grace and call of God on my life, I'm going to finish writing the New Testament. He, he, he wrote nearly three-quarters of the New Testament. And then he goes on and says this, uh, and, and not without results, for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. So he says, I put some effort in there. But then he goes on and says, yet it, it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. And so he's just putting it in a perspective, guys. Don't base anything on what you think you should have done, what you think is the mark you should hit. Just relax, because that's a false pillar. You're never going to hit it the way you think you should hit it, and you're always going to be off with it, right? And here's that second false pillar. It goes like this. My self-worth is based on others' approval. Now, the first 10 years that believers existed, uh, Sundays were not great for my wife because I'd go home from church. I'd either be on cloud nine, which she enjoyed, or, or I'd be depressed. And it was all based on how many people said, good job. And, and I'm just being honest with you. I'd be in the lobby, and if I got a bunch of that a boy, good jobs, I'd go home like, ah. Oh. And if nobody said anything, I'd go, oh, God. I was an approval addict. Anybody in here ever been an approval addict? Yeah, I, I had an approval problem. And, and so I, um, I realized, man, I'm basing my entire self-worth on approval. That doesn't work. I have direct reports. You know, I supervise some of our top leaders here at Believers, and, and uh, I am always careful of affirming them because I believe we should affirm people, you know, let them know you're doing a good job. But, you know, if, if you never receive affirmation or approval from anyone, guys, it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change what God's made you because your significance isn't based on who you are. It's based on whose you are. And it doesn't matter how many good jobs you receive or don't receive. If you base it on approval, there will never be enough approval. And you don't want to be needing to shoot up on approval, right, and, and get it into your veins. And this third one, too, I struggled with. My self-worth is based on my perfection. Wow. I, I heard a preacher say not too long ago, that there's 1,050 commands in the Bible that Christians should follow. Now, can, can you just take a moment, think about that, 1,050. Do you think any of us are hitting close to 50 of them? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, guys, you can't base it on perfection. Gina and I raised four kids, and if we could go back, we'd, We'd raise them a little differently. We tried our best. We read all these books, and uh, we tried our best to raise our kids and do a great job. But if we could go back, we'd do it so differently. You know, one of the things I think we learned more than anything is uh, they're all different, so you have, you have to deal with them differently, you know, just because they're different. But we didn't know that. And you've heard me say this before if you've been here. Any of the, we, we've told all four of our kids, uh, we'll pay for your counseling because I'm sure we messed you up, right? <laughs> but we tried. We tried our best, right? 
and, and you have to forgive yourself because no matter what you do, you're, we're not perfect. I have made so many mistakes pastoring believers, like um, things we tried that didn't work, tons of them. And, and guys, if you go off your perfection or approval or anything else, it just, it, it's not going to work. I, I heard a pastor, uh, uh, he teaches leadership and he's very famous and he'll go all over the country and teach leaders, mainly pastors. And he said this, he said it so long ago, but I can't forget it. I just, it's one of those things I never had to write down. He said, if you, for every hundred people you have as a pastor, how, for every hundred people you have in your church, that means you had 2,000 visitors that visited and didn't like you. That ruined my month. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of it that way. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's thousands of people that hate me. <laughs> they didn't approve of me. They didn't like us. And guys, if you base on what people think of you, your approval, your perfection, your performance, it's a, it's a black hole that you will never, ever fill up. That's not what we want to do. Uh, our significance isn't based on who we are. It's based on whose we are. And, and it's good to walk in a peace, you know, and you'll never walk in it till you understand that. So what are the pillars we should build our life on? What are the foundations for significance we should build our life on? And here's the first of two. God punished Jesus for our sins and failures. If you can understand this, you'll never, ever, ever be depressed because you're not perfect, because we're not anyway. And if you can understand God punished Jesus for your sins and your failures, and it's big, it's huge. And let me show you a classic section of Scripture. This is Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our offenses. Do you and I ever offend God? I do. But you know, there was a hole put in Jesus' side and nail holes in his hands and in his feet for all the times you'll ever, ever offend God. And notice how God the Father pierced Jesus, God the Son, for our offenses. He was punished for everything we've ever done to offend God. And then, I like this next one. He was crushed for our wrongdoings. Has anyone ever done wrong? <laughs> sure. Sure. And how many of us do things wrong that nobody knows about? And aren't we glad they don't know about them, right? Um, but Jesus was crushed for your wrongdoings. How about this? The punishment of our well-being was laid upon him. And I just think of God punished him so we can be well, so we can be emotionally whole, so that we can be spiritually whole. God punished him. And I like the last part of verse 5, and by his wounds we are healed. So this is his stripes, and this is tying in verse 4, which if you read in the Jewish Bible, says he bore our sickness, our disease, carried our pains. That's why at the end of this service in Borman and Warren, TCI, we'll have people that know how to pray up at the front to pray. But this is also referring to uh, being wounded for our spiritual and emotional well-being too. He's just tying these together. And I love what verse 6 goes on to say. All of us, 
like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And this is the human nature, right? But the Lord, that's God the Father, capital L-O-R-D. But God the Father has caused the wrongdoing of us all to fall on him. Jesus was punished for my failures and your failures. And that's really important. I love what the New Testament says, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Listen to this one. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Same thing we just read, right? God made Jesus, God the Son who always existed, came in new human body, was tempted in every way that we're tempted but never sinned. God made the spotless, sinless Lamb of God. He made him who had no sin to be sin for us. He laid our sins on him. It's pretty powerful. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. In him's that phrase that just means you accept Christ as your Savior. But guys, I love this might become, because the Greek word here is fascinating. So when you look at it at a surface level, might become, it, you'd think that means sanctification, becoming more and more holy on the outside. Well, we definitely all want to be sanctified and become more and more holy. But that phrase might become, the, the Greek word there, we derive our English word Genesis from. It means to come into existence, to be born. And it's talking about when you accepted Christ, you were born a new creature who's righteous. And until you and I understand that, we'll never be able to live it. You'll never live it till you see that that's who God made us. So he punished him for us, and then he did something else that's amazing. We see a little bit of it in this verse, but here's the second pillar. Jesus gave us his significance. Wow. That's amazing. He gave us his significance. The significance he has, he gave us. Now, we're not part of the Godhead. We're not part of the Trinity. I'm not saying we're God. But guys, he gave us his significance. And here's a cool scripture that spells it out really beautifully. Colossians 1.21 to start once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior that's where I was before I met Jesus that's where the majority of you were before you met Jesus my kids will tell you uh, Joe and Dave and Michelle and Deanna they'll tell you I kind of like can't remember not knowing God they just grew up in church so you know they, they they were here when they were a week old right and so they're kind of like I just always knew and loved God they had that moment, their teens, where they were at youth camp and they just decided, I'm going to go all the way. But most of us are like verse 21, right? It doesn't matter because we're after verse 22. Verse 22 says, but now, if you've accepted Christ, this is true of you, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body. So God reconciled us back to himself by Christ's physical body. It goes on to read, through death, to present you. So how does God see you? If you've accepted Jesus, you've been presented to God with his self-worth, his significance. L listen to this. To present you holy in his sight. So when God sees you, what does he see? Does he see where you're not perfect yet? Does he see what you're struggling with? Well, he definitely wants us to grow and become more Christ-like. But you know what he sees? 
through the blood of Jesus, he sees you as holy. That means you're pure, guys. You're sinless before the eyes of God. And until you see that that's what Jesus did, you'll never be able to live it. I like this next one, without blemish. That's pretty cool. Most of you may know this. Some of you don't. But I used to have a team of people here uh, before service. They'd put stage makeup on because of the bright lights. Otherwise, my face would fade and, uh, and I'd, it would really shine. There'd be a lot of shine. And, and I have more area to shine these days. And so, so they'd put stage makeup on. And I told them, I said, hey, teach me how to do it and I'll do it myself. And so in order to do it myself, I have to look in one of those times 10 mirrors. <laughs> Guys, I, it's hard to do. All I see is one blemish after another. And as you age, the blemishes increase. It's like, where did that come from? Just one flaw after another. And, and, and I'm like, wow, this really helps. I, I, I told Gina, I'm considering just putting it on every morning. But then <laughs> word might get out. It might not be good. So I don't, but I have thought about it. But it just covers them all up. And then I got to thinking about our lives. Can we all agree our lives are full of blemishes, right? Flaw after flaw in all of our lives. But guys, if you've accepted Jesus, God doesn't see one blemish on your life. It's like Jesus put stage makeup on you. You, you, don't, you don't have one blemish. Times 10 magnifying glass times a hundred there's no blemishes on your life he gave you his significance his self-worth and so he's presented you before God holy and without a blemish and then free from all accusations you know, the Bible says the enemy uh, he's the accuser of Christians and he just goes to God and he accuses us and what's so cool is he's accusing you before God and God the Father must laugh every time it's like well, when are you going to learn right because God the Father laughs when he accuses you did you see what Joe did last night did you see how he bit Gina's head off yesterday you know not that I did but you know what, whatever it is guys whatever it is and God the Father just laughs, and, he, and Jesus is laughing up there. And they said, no, no, no. He's washed in the blood of the Lamb, and, and he is free from all accusations. Jesus took the punishment for him, and Jesus gave him his holiness, his purity, his self-worth, his significance. So guys, think about your life, every mistake you've made. Think about... Um, the fact you're going to make more mistakes and just kind of put them on a ledger sheet. Uh, you know, and it's like if you have debt, like you put all your debt on a ledger sheet. That's all of our faults, our sins. And then think of a stamp that says paid for in full by Jesus. And that stamp goes in some red ink, right? The blood. And it's just bam, bam, bam. No matter how much fault you have, it's been paid in full by Jesus. And when you and I can understand he gave us his significance, it's going to change everything. So someday we'll go to heaven. We'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be so fun um, because we'll be washed in the blood, right? But we'll be, we'll be rewarded for how we lived our life down here, and that's great. But I heard a preacher not too long ago, and it really opened up my eyes to rewards because 1 Corinthians 3 says God will reward us for the effort 
that we gave. Uh, we receive an inheritance. That's what you receive just because you're in the family, right? Heaven's part of that inheritance. But God will reward you. And one of the biggest rewards God will give us would be crowns, right? They're, they're like the, the, the choice uh, rewards that God will give us. And, and uh, there's a scene in heaven that I think just makes it all right, right? It, and I want to read this scene to you. It has to do with 24 elders. Uh, 12 are Old Testament patriarchs, and we, we can guess most of them. We're not 100% sure. And 12 are the apostles of the Lamb. And for most Christians, I think, maybe, maybe not all, but a, a percentage of us Christians, when we get to heaven, instead of imagining what we're about to read, I think when we arrive in heaven, it, it might be a little different for maybe 10% of us. We're going to get up there, and the first thing we do when we arrive in heaven, we're going to go, I can't believe I made it. If you don't understand what we're saying, that's what you're going to do. But then I think the second thought that crosses your mind is going to be, how'd they make it? <laughs> Guys, it's by the grace of God, the blood of Jesus, right? That's, that's how we get there, right? And I think when we get there, we're going to realize, man, this is all by God's grace, right? I am who I am by the grace of God. And here's a scene, these 24 elders worshiping at the throne. And listen to Revelations 4.10. The 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they will worship him who lives forever and ever, and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying. So they're taking their, their highest rewards for living and serving God, and, and they're going to just throw them at the feet of Jesus. Why? They're going to realize, everything I accomplished is by your grace, Lord God. I can't even take credit for it. And you made sure that I was able to do everything I did. And my significance and my self-worth is based on who you are. And you gave it to me. And I'm so thankful. And then they go on and say this in verse 11. Worthy are you our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will, they existed and were created. And we're going to realize, you know what? I wish I knew this walking through life. And I want us all to walk through life understanding, guys, we're people that are going to throw our rewards right at the feet of Jesus. And we are who we are because of Jesus. And I want us to go through life never basing our life on these three false pillars, but basing them on that two foundations. Jesus was punished for our sins and our failures, and Jesus gave us his significance. And I want you to go through the week, and my prayer is that God just opens your eyes further than they've ever been open. And so over in Boardman, guys at TCI and online in the chat rooms, right, and here in Warren, can we say thank you, Jesus? Can we just give it up and say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, I did my best to bring out this incredible part of the Bible. And we thank you, Lord, that our self-worth isn't based on our performance, our approval, our perfection. But it's based on whose we are. And as we go through this week, open up our eyes further and further to this truth. May none of us be approval addicts. May none of us look at what we've done for our self-worth. 
May none of us look at others. And Lord, may we settle the fact once and for all that Jesus gave us his significance. And we are very significant because we belong to the King of Kings. And we are holy and blameless without any accusations, without any blemishes before God himself. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Stay, stay in an attitude of prayer. I really believe this is a moment in service where God's going to minister to some people's hearts. But if you are listening and you say, I'm not sure of my forever, I'm not sure if I were to die, if I'd go to heaven or hell, you might have walked in here not being sure that God existed. You may be listening online, not sure if God even exists. But now it's like, wow, something's happened. There's something that's come on me. God's doing something on my soul, my heart right now. And what he's doing is he's drawing you to Jesus, just as he did myself and others. And if you're listening, you say, hey, I can't remember a day when I prayed and said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven, but I'm ready to do it today. I'd like you to pray with me right now. So right now I'm not asking you, did you grow up in church? I'm not asking you, are you a member of a church? I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. All great things. I'm asking you, can you remember a day when you made it real? And you said, Jesus, I accept you. I believe what you did and I accept you as my Savior. I believe that's where it all begins. That's where significance comes from so heads are bowed eyes are closed if you say pastor joe that's me i'm ready to pray would you pray with me everybody else can we help them pray and just say this after me say lord god i realize i was born sin stained and i need a savior i repent of all my sins and i look to jesus jesus i believe you're the son of the living god that you died for my sins this day, I accept you as my Savior. And I declare that you're Lord, that God raised you out of the grave. Thank you for saving my soul. Give me the grace to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.